Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this very interesting and fun episode of Car Chat, where we're going to be talking and chatting about cars and trucks. Because once again, we've got Andre here. Last week, we basically gave you our 2024 predictions. And today, we're going to be talking about our favorite, not the best, even though they could be, cars. And because Andre's here, trucks. Uh, so, Tommy, where's Nathan? Well, Nathan is out playing cricket or something. I don't know. Nathan he doesn't play cricket. He is an enema. Enigma. Sorry, that's the wrong word. He's, he's, uh, no, he's not at the doctor's. He's an enigma, that guy. He is both classy and the... Brian Johnson, ACDC fan, you'd Maybe expect something to like be. the Highland Games or something, like lifting very yes. heavy poles and throwing. I don't know. He's, he's doing something very cool, I'm sure. But now uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite vehicles, new vehicles. So if you guys are interested in buying a new car, maybe you'll pick one of these. Like I said, these may not be the best because we are going to have some, I hope, interesting conversations about these. Um, but we're going to talk about luxury cars we're going to talk about sports cars we're going to talk about evs and of course we're going to talk about trucks so and crossovers and crossovers but you know what i think since andre is a very special guest here should we start with trucks we can all right whoa i'm so, fresh so, pressure so let's start with this what is your favorite small truck in other words compact truck andre for me well that's easier because there's only really two right now that's on on sale in the united states and i have to go with the maverick ford maverick is still hot I love driving it, and they have actually a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, you've got the hybrid, you've got the Tremor, yes. you've got the FX4 Mavericks, you've got all sorts of different trims. You have all-wheel drive in the turbocharged one, or you have actually no, no all-wheel drive in the hybrid. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a really big miss. Um, so the, the Maverick Hybrid, when they launched, right, it was $19,000, under twenty grand, and it offered crazy efficiency, good utility, crazy payload. Um, and, and that really was the truck I wanted, but I wanted that truck with all-wheel drive for living in Colorado. And, you know, we get snow, and, and of course, you, you go a little bit off-road, you want those rear wheels kicking in, but you just never could get that option. Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. I don't understand why both um, Hyundai and Ford don't offer a hybrid in their small trucks. And all-wheel drive. And all-wheel yeah, drive, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can, you can have all-wheel drive or you can have the hybrid, but you can't have both. Do you guys hate us up here in snow country, really? <laughs> is, is, are we that well, horrible? So we just did the sales uh, podcast, so the numbers for Over pickup talking trucks, trucks yeah. uh, talking trucks. And you can, you and, can check that out at altfl.com. Yeah, and what, why I'm bringing this up is because both the Santa Cruz improved a little bit in sales, but the Maverick still continues to improve in a big way. So yeah. if I was Ford and I was looking at my sales growing by 26% on right. the Maverick. Right. How, many, how many do they sell of each? 96,000 a year. Mavericks? Wow. Maverick. And Santa Cruz? And like Santa Cruz is about 37,000. I mean, I think so, we're probably all in agreement in the small truck category. The Maverick is our favorite small truck. But yeah. because it's more trucky. It's more usable. Than yeah, the it's more trucky. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's also a little bit more affordable. Although I will say Ford has been creeping up the price on this little guy. Yes. Each and every year. You cannot get it for 20 grand anymore. Yep. Look, what I don't understand, right, is that Ford has offered hybrids 
in small crossovers before well, it, with all-wheel drive. Well, here's the crazy thing. Escape. It's, it's yeah. built on the Escape chassis, which right. can be gotten with an all-wheel drive and hybrid, yeah. but the same chassis apparently does not work for the Maverick. Mm. Ford, what are you thinking? <laughs> or maybe they can't keep up with demand. Well, I think that's a lot of yeah. it. We've got a friend in this industry, um, Jessica Ray, yeah. who's over at Motor Trend. Yeah, I love her. Motor Week, excuse me. Yeah. The Motor Week podcast. She's one. Yeah, she's been waiting for months. Or years, I in think fact. years for yeah. that little, little guy. And she finally got it, right? Yeah. And, and you know, she's uh, short, but you know, she's on the petite side, right? But the crazy thing about the Maverick is you could be Andre's size, 6'3", mm -hmm. and you still fit in it. So for a very small truck, it actually yeah. is very usable. Yeah, it's a great little truck. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one. All right, yep. so uh, let's now move to cars. And you okay. can see a theme here. Okay. Because okay. I've got a theme in my mind. So what's your favorite small, not tiny, small crossover? Now, there are segments in the car industry, right? There's like compact, there's midsize. But I don't want to go into all that technical mumbo-jumbo if you guys are watching this. I'm just talking about small crossover. So you want to name some small crossovers, Tommy? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at that class, you're probably shopping with the Toyota RAV4, the Honda CRV, the Ford Escape. Yeah, the most okay. one of the most popular classes. And there are tiny ones we could call them like subcompacts yeah, or something. Like the, like the I mean, honestly, cross, that's tiny. There's probably good reasons that there are category names. <laughs> Maybe we should just use that. But we'll say small. Yeah. I want to talk about tiny in a second. But then, what's your favorite small? The, the, the small crossover. For me, it's easy because it's the most popular vehicle outside of F-150 mm -hmm. or F-Series in America. They sell hundreds of thousands of them, and it's the RAV4, Tommy. And you can get it in a lot of flavors, but I think uh, to just nail that car, uh, from the styling to the different uh, versions, right, there is a plug-in hybrid, there's a hybrid, uh, to the adventure model, I just think it kind of meets a lot of needs of a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I enjoy driving it. You know, does it make me feel special? A little bit, but, you know, for that segment where there are hundreds and thousands of those sold every year, I think Toyota did a great job. What about you? Um, Tommy, so did you get a chance to drive the new CRV? Because we had one here recently, correct? I did not have a chance to okay. get any seat time behind I, that vehicle. I did not either. Did you? Yeah, I went on the program. On the CRV? Yeah. So, but but you like the RAV4 a little bit better? I do. Yeah, okay. I like the styling of it a little bit better. Okay. Uh, the because Honda, the the Honda is more like roundy. Yeah, the Honda is right? a little bit more roly poly. <laughs> I love the Honda too. Don't get me wrong. It's got great ergonomics. Uh, it's got you know, they did. That was a classic case of evolution, not evolutionary, not revolutionary in terms of the new one. Uh, but I like the more boxy, the more kind of square jaw design of the RAV4 as opposed to kind of the more roly, more let's call it. Um, circular uh, Honda. So I have a controversial take on this. All right, let's hear it. So my hot take. My favorite small crossover mm -hmm. is not the Toyota or the Honda. It's not the Chevy or the Ford or the Hyundai or the Kia. Mm. My favorite small crossover is the Mitsubishi. What? The Outlander PHEV, the plug-in hybrid Mitsubishi. Yes. I've spent some time in that vehicle, and I really enjoy its design, its price point, and its capability, actually. It's a really impressive little package. I would be on board with you, mm -hmm. except for the fact that it is a plug-in hybrid, and it uses Chatamo. Where, you know, can you even charge a Chatamo vehicle? They nowadays? got rid of the Chatamo. Is it gone now? Didn't, didn't they? No. Just the the most is recent it still? One. So we tested, it we, might still be around. We tested one about a year ago. It's I remember Nathan and I went out. It's a, it's a head-scratcher. Nathan and I went out and tested the Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. We both loved it. It was comfortable. It was quiet. It was relatively quick. We went to the Chatamo station about a year ago. We charged it up. It wasn't fast charging. 
but can you, you could charge it at home, can't yeah, you? Well, who cares if it's... Ch- I mean, the reason I forgot it's Chatamo is because no one's going to charge a PHEV <laughs> at a public charger because you're going to run on the gas engine. I mean, how, what is... Uh, what, uh, what fast charging does the RAV4 Prime have? It's got CCS. It's got none. Oh, that's right. It's got right. no fast charging. Yeah. So Wait, the Prime? The Prime is no fast charging, yeah. Just, it's, it's got a 6.6 oh, kilowatt Just level onboard. two. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So the fact that it even has a fast charging option, albeit if it's Chatamo. Um, look, it's a great vehicle, right? It starts at about $40,000, which I think is pretty pretty good for a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. It goes about 38 miles on a range, all-wheel drive. And keep in mind, guys, the Outlander is the only car in this class now, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying this, that is available with a third row. You know what the problem with that, right, your argument? And I love that car, so I really think it's a great car. But when you have a car that has an outdated and an outmoded you know, charging method, right? It's like you just bought a new car, you come to me and you say, hey, Roman, guess what? Uh, my new Mitsubishi has ABS. And I'd be like, really? You have ABS? Yeah, but that the alternative is having no fast charging, like in an escape plug-in hybrid. I, uh, so so I, I, want, I want, like, cutting, not even cutting edge. I just want the standard. Yeah, so you can have either slightly old technology or no technology is what you're saying. You'd rather have no fast charging whatsoever. I just don't want to make apologies for, you know, so, so that would be the, and I don't understand it. When we went for the launch of it, even, which was like two years ago now, even back then, Chatamo was like way on, it's, it's, so for those of you who don't know, there's like four standards of charging an electric car, at least uh, level three charging, which is uh, DC charging, right? Fast charging. So there is a Chinese standard that I don't understand or know anything about. Uh, then there's the CCS standard, which mm-hmm. is now being switched over to NAX. NAX is a Tesla standard. And then Japan had its own standard called Chatamo. And the great thing about Chatamo was it was bidirectional. So you could theoretically get your leaf and then, um, you know, drive it home and then plug your house into your leaf and use it to power your house. Great standard. It's now like 15 years old and most of the world has gone away from it, except, of course, for Japan. And part of the problem is that Nissan, I believe, owns part of Mitsubishi, right? And so yeah, they're so still... Yeah, they so, share some technologies so, so It's there. either cost-cutting or it's designed for a market that isn't America. Well, here's the thing. But I agree. The car itself is great. Look, it's based on the Rogue, the yes. Outlander. Yes. Um, I don't think that the base model... Outlander PHEV has Chatamo, so just get the base model. There right. you go. You get less features and you're happy. And world's smallest third row. Well, we're at it. <laughs> yeah, but once but again, the RAV4 doesn't really have it. It's the only it, vehicle that has the option of a third row. It does. You if, if, if you have little kids, you could squeeze them in there and they'll, they'll have a hoot. I, I, I forgot about the Outlander when you said so, it. Yeah, everybody forgets but, about the Outlander. But, but, but I was going to say, for me, it's really the Kia Sportage. Okay. Be, because I love Kia design. That's because your dad has one. Well, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, he has got a Sorento, but yes. Oh, I thought it was but, a Sportage. Sorry. Yeah, but that's in, the, in the same vein. Yeah, but the Sportage is, I think, latest Kia designs are just yeah, I, really I amazing. Yeah, I think Kia and Hyundai just keep knocking them out of the ballpark. So, you know, uh, I agree with you. I as just, long as they solve the the issue they had, at, what, a year ago, where it was really easy to steal an older Kia or a Hyundai, as long as all that's taken care of, I, I would say that Sportage would and be Actually, that's choice. such a competitive segment, right, that even the Rogue, uh, especially the new Rogue, is really good because they really up the quality of the materials and it feels expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't leave out the Americans, right? Well, you can. You can leave out Jeep because they just got rid of the Cherokee. Yeah, this is a head-scratcher. Yeah. yeah. Cherokee is gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know why. That, that The most popular segment in America, and yet Jeep I don't, just I don't got, get it. Got, got rid of the Cherokee, I don't get which it. leaves GM and, of course, uh, Ford. Um, and the Escape, uh, everybody kind of... 
Well, it's okay-ish. And we should also make a note, right? There's a couple vehicles in this class we haven't driven, um, like the uh, Equinox just got uh, a facelift, right? The 2024 Equinox is a slight facelift. Um, we also now have like the Escape plug-in hybrid, front-wheel drive only. Um, and then the newcomer, which we have driven, is the Hornet. That's the new, uh, mm -hmm. the, the new Stellantis product in this category. Dodge. Which yeah. is pretty fun. I mean, it's a very powerful vehicle. We're looking at close to 300 horsepower out of that turbocharged engine. But it rode a little too firm for me, and it was a little too small on the inside. So that's why it's not at the top of mind. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is I just I don't love to be one of 400,000 RAV4 sold every year. You know, so that's kind of why I like the Mitsubishi a little right. bit. It's well-made. It's, it's unique. Cool pleated leather if you get, like, the SELs, the high-end ones. That, that's why it's the top of my list. All right. Um, as you can tell, the theme is we're moving up in size. So let's okay. move up in size in the truck segment. And now we're talking about mid-size trucks. Okay. Uh, a segment that has been owned traditionally by the Tacoma. There is a new Tacoma. Uh, there's actually a new Ranger coming. Uh, there's a relatively new Frontier. Uh, am I forgetting? Oh, Colorado Canyon Twins, of course. Yeah, which uh, are recently new. And to be fair, uh, Andrea, you want to give your little caveat here? I own a new Colorado Thank 2023. So, so, <laughs> so we know I, what your favorite one is. <laughs> well, you know what? The big reason for me buying the Colorado was because it was all new, and I really wanted to be at the leading edge of technology and kind of design and powertrain because a lot of mid-sized truck makers are now switching to turbocharging, right? Toyota just did it. Uh, GM already did it. Ford was there four years ago. So that's why I bought my Colorado. But now I want to... I want to... You want to switch it I up? I want to huh? switch it up. So what's your new favorite? So you've driven the new Tacoma a lot. Yes. Tier, we just had Colorado. it at the office for a week. Yeah, we did. You have not driven the new Ranger. No. I've sat on it. Yeah. Both versions. The Raptor and the non-Raptor versions of the new Ranger. But I haven't really driven the Ranger Raptor yet. If I did, I probably would have chosen it, but I, I, I can't say because I haven't driven it. Okay. So I'm going to have to go Tacoma. 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 How about, how about you tell me? Um, well, we had the, the new Tacoma. Yeah, the new 24. Yeah. 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 Great truck. They did a lot of really nice improvements to it. Um, we had the Gladiator as well. That's another truck in that class. We've owned the current Ranger, the outgoing Ranger. But my favorite truck in that class right now is actually the Frontier. No way. Yeah, I think for the money... You get a lot of old-school durability and basic ruggedness that is lacking in some of the new trucks. So, you know, you don't get the, any fancy turbocharging or, or crazy transmissions, but you get a, a standard V6 engine, right, good old-fashioned, naturally aspirated, conventional transmission, solid rear axle, basic interior, good infotainment, and at a good price. I mean, I think a Pro 4X is going to vastly undercut what you can get a new TRD off-road or TRD Pro for, and it's going to offer 99% of the capability. Um, full disclosure, we are trying to buy a Tacoma <laughs> yes. uh, to, to test it for a year. So as a company. As a company. Yeah. So, so we'll know more uh, hopefully this time next year after, after we have one and we've lived with it. Uh, but for me, I, you know, I love, I love trucks, cars that make you feel special, and the one that would make me feel special if, you know, it wasn't so expensive, so that's, there's a caveat there, is the Bison version of the uh, Colorado. I, I think the AEV does some of the best uh, off-road parts, uh, and now that it's actually incorporated into uh, the truck itself from the factory, you know, we're talking about boron steel, right, which is supposed to be tougher and much better in terms of, like, and scraping over rocks. Relatively lightweight, yes. And now you can have it with 35s from the factory, which is incredible. Uh, and then you get the factory warranty. So I would have to say, uh, until, you know, we've actually driven the new TRD Pro, um, I, I'm going to go with the Bison. You know what? 
special edition truck I really want. What? Like, I don't know why I love it so much. Have you seen the new Frontier hard body edition? Yes. I just saw it at the Los Angeles Auto Show in person. I'm really excited about this. So Nissan is doing a throwback to their truck from the 80s called the hard body. And they've got these retro-inspired 17-inch wheels, the bed bar, the black painted front end with the graphics. Oh, yes. that's really cool. I saw it. You know what it's lacking? I mean, I love the new wheel design because it was a classic wheel design that they brought into the future, basically. Uh, um, it just feels narrow to me. Mm. I, wish, I wish they would have, you know, maybe offset the wheels a little bit more and kind of filled out the shoulders of the new Frontier. But other than that, that classic retro style, I really like. But you know why I chose the Tacoma? It's because they fixed two huge problems I've had with it before. It was the seating position is now good for me as a driver. Yeah. And also payload, the increased payload on the truck. So now I can put my family in there and also tow a boat. And so that's why Tacoma. But they increased the price. Yeah, I know. But I'm willing to pay for that. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to mix it up a little bit for you yes. guys out there and yes. gals. I want to do a favorite sports car. New. Ooh. New. I'll start. How do you classify this? A two-door? Yeah, let's go two-door. Can it be classic. topless? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be topless. Let's, okay. go, let's go classic. It's got to be two-door. Okay. Right? So like... like uh, like the GR Corolla is out, right? That's a four-door. Okay. Uh, that's cool. But let's just—that's more of a hot hatch. Let's let's just go with classic sports car. So speaking of the GR Corolla, uh, Toyota brought their new um, manual Supra with yes. the bigger engine. Yes. Uh, and Supra sales have fallen off of a cliff, right? The latest news was that yeah, they were down fifty percent. They, they did. That's a car that uh, is built well. I know, you know, because of you know the fact that it shares a lot of components and a lot of development with BMW, I think it gets a bad rap for that. But it's one of those cars that I think 10, 15 years from now, people are going to be like, I wish I had bought it uh, because it's such a good car. So I love that car. I had so much fun driving it. Uh, we also drove the 86 uh, on that same program. Uh, my problem with the 86 is it still doesn't have enough torque or horsepower, especially up here at a mile above sea level. So for all you sea level types, perfect, fun. When you bring it up here, it starts to get a little anemic. Uh, my biggest problem with this Supra, and I wish, um, you know, I could change this, is I just don't have enough headroom. So, I, you know, I'm 6'2", and I've got a tall body, short legs. So when I look over the side, I see this, not you. <laughs> so that, you know, that, that, my heart, my heart says Supra, my head says Nuzi, because I fit in that. Okay. All right. How about you, Tommy? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, well, for me, I know it's a boring answer, but um, I still think the Miata is the best sports car on Same the market. Problem. Yeah, but it's it's also it's kind of the ethos of that car is as small and as lightweight as possible. And it's very compromised, right? It's got a very small trunk, and it doesn't have a lot of passenger footroom. But especially the new RF, new, it's been out for like three years. But the RF with the retractable fastback mm. is just gorgeous. It's really a good-looking car. And um, they've just done some updates to the ND. We're now on the ND3 generation. So that's, that's I mean, it's the most fun car I've driven in, in recent history. All right, all right, hold on. All right, I can ask you this. You went on the Corvette E-Ray program, right? Yeah. The new hybrid Corvette. Ooh. So you like the Miata more than the fastest accelerating Corvette ever. I did. E -ray. I yes. would say two point whatever it is, like 
seven seconds, zero to 60 or some crazy number because it's all wheel drive. And it's all wheel drive so you can use it all year in Colorado. Yeah, but here's the thing then, right? We're in an era now where a sports car cannot be judged by acceleration. Because if you want to accelerate fast, just buy an electric anything and you're going to be quicker than leaf. anything. Not the leaf. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's a couple of exceptions. <laughs> Not the leaf. Um, but like a Model 3 performance will, in the real world, will yeah. out-accelerate the E-Ray. And it, we, we did a test. I had the chief engineer of the E-Ray at the racetrack yeah. run a number of acceleration runs. Um, and the quickest time you could get granted at a mile above sea level was 3.1. Which, right. which is exactly what our Model 3 does up here at elevation. Yeah. For performance. Yeah, for a, a third of the price, right? So when I'm looking at a sports car, I want it to have an experience unlike any other. And I felt that the E-Ray, as impressive as it is, is just a little fussy. Okay, all right, hold on. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold your feet to the fire here. As I recall, last year, I believe uh, you got to go to the French Riviera uh, and drive, what was that car? It's something A, A, uh... Yep, the... Uh, uh, a, S, 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 Aston Martin, that's right. Aston DB12. And you would take that... You're taking Miata over that? Well, it's not a sports car. It's, uh, that's like the ultimate grand tour. I mean, it's a French Riviera, James Bond, cover huge distance with this massive V8. When I'm talking about sports car, I want to have as most fun for the dollar that I possibly can. And you yeah. just cannot beat the Miata at that point. And, if we're talking, and, and you guys are both wrong. What is your answer? What's your answer, Andre? <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer? The Raptor? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not yet, no. No. TRX? Uh, there has to be, I don't know. I love the Z. Okay. Miata, I don't quite fit in the Miata. Yeah. I, I like the Miata. Okay. Um, the Supra is nice. Yeah. But it has to be only one car. Mustang GT. Oh. Maybe a dark horse, but actually not a dark horse. Because when I'm thinking sports car, I have to have wind in my hair. Oh, so you want a convertible. So a convertible GT, 5-liter Coyote, maybe California Special. I think that's... For me. So I drove the new S650 GT with the performance pack. Yes. Loved it yes. in LA. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Great. Driving around the city streets. Amazing 5-liter Gen 4 Coyote. And then I took it into the canyons because uh -huh. it's the performance pack. Yes. This car is stickered at like 60-something thousand. It's got those like aggressive seats. And it felt pretty soft and heavy. Mm. Now, it's not the dark horse. It's not the... GT500 or whatever, but it felt a little too soft for a sports car. All right, can I, can I fess yeah. up here? Just, yeah. you know, one of the things that we do at TFL is full transparency. Okay. And so I, I got to be honest, uh, and I'm always honest, but especially honest this time, uh, and that is uh, we bought a, a Porsche 911 Targa 4S. Um, yes. And I would say, um, you know, that is probably, uh, we haven't done much with it yet because the weather's been kind of crappy and, you know, it's a very kind of unique car, especially with the Targa top. Um, so, starting to live with that car, so I, 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 I can't say it's my favorite because the brakes, every time I use them, squeal like a stuck pig right now, which is really frustrating for a car. Because that, they're not like broken in or something? Or? I, I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's incredible. For a car that costs $58,000, I feel every time I pull up to a stoplight like I'm driving a 20-year-old Kia. I think it's, more than 58000 150000 yeah, oh. yeah. There's <laughs> a one in front of There's it. There's a one in front it's of it. It's a 2024. Uh, and so it's really super frustrating. And then we've actually done some research, and Porsche says that's part of the Porsche ownership experience, having these high-performance brakes. But it, I, I can't explain to you how squeaky and how annoying it is every time you hit the brakes. And they say you have to go to the 3,000 miles to break them in, but I just don't buy it. Well, so for me, I haven't driven every sports car yeah. on the market. Sure. I haven't well, driven the E-Ray. None of us really have. Right. Yeah. But, but when, when I'm thinking about a two-door coupe or a convertible, 
my, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's like the American dream. I, I just go to the Mustang, mm. you know, just yeah, I that's, agree. that's kind of where choice. Yeah, yeah, that's and where I'm going. It's the last car standing. Yeah, Challenger's gone. gone Camaro's yeah, gone. Camaro's gone. That's all you got left. Yeah. 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 And then uh, if price were no object, I got to go and drive the Revuelto. Oh, which is wow. A, which is the Lamborghini new hybrid, which yes. is just like the Corvette. So, yes. you know, electric motor powering the front wheels, V12 powering the rear wheels. Pretty darn cool. And the funny thing about that car is this is how seriously the people are not going to charge it. There is a charger on board, and it plugs into the front. Is it the Chatamo? No, it's yeah. not Chatamo. God help you if you put a Chatamo in a car with roaming around. And, and it plugs into the front. Like, like I could see some, you know, like some Lamborghini owner actually, like, pulling up to a charger, opening up his front, and, you know, plugging the car in. No, it's going to be charged in his garage or her and, garage. And it'll, and it'll never it'll never be charged, I assume. It'll Probably be, never charged. Yeah. All right, now let's go to the most popular segment in uh, trucks. And we have to go to full-size trucks. That, of course, means the F-150, the Ram 1500, um, the uh, Silverado, and Tundra. I was say the Tundra because the Tundra Titan gone. Yeah, there's, uh, there's one left. We were speaking with our <laughs> Nissan guy, and they have one left at the local dealership. It's black. So if you want so, a Titan, Boulder Nissan, black, it's yours. Technically, the Titan will be in production until, like, July. Technically. Okay. Technically speaking. Um, I've okay. been lusting Ooh. after currently. Yeah. TRX? After? Kind of, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm kind gone. of in the Ram camp. Okay. I'm, I'm in the Ram right, camp. Let's hear this. And I, and I want to be, I want to say, because the new Ram is coming, right? The new 2025 Ram 1500 is coming. And it will have a no more V8. They're discontinuing their Hemi, right? So if you ask me today, right, because the new Ram is not around, I would go for the Ram Rebel 1500 Hemi. Huh. Crew cab, um, I, was just, I was just in one that was a little bit used. But the brand new one, lots of space. You want the V8. Yeah, but V8 noise. Why not, why, not, why not the Coyote and the Ford? Well, that's also pretty nice, like the Tremor F-150, for example. But I don't know. I, right, I, I had a hybrid F-150 a couple years ago. So you want something different? Uh, I want something a little bit different, but also V8 sound. So right now, currently, I'm kind of looking at the Ram 1500, especially since you know, I'm buying like the last Hemi truck. That's kind of where I am right now. How about you, Tommy? Um, well, this is a very unpopular opinion. Okay. Titan. You get another hot take. <laughs> hot take Not that unpopular, Andre. <laughs> no, I, um, I really, so I, I don't use a truck very much, clearly. Right? Mr. Skinny Jeans over here. Okay. Um, but the truck I really enjoyed a lot that we owned was that Lightning. That mm. F-150 Lightning. Mm. I, I really thought that was a, a, a good combination of comfort, usability, um, you know, like if I tow, it's going to be a tow a car to a garage. You could definitely do that. And um, just being able to charge it up at home and, and not have to worry about, you know, uh, maintenance and that kind of thing in the long run, I think would be really attractive. So it would probably be like a base model XL short-range Lightning. Small battery. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I just I, All I do is drive around in, in the hometown, right? You know. And you're hauling some stuff from here to where? Yeah, yeah not the Like ranch, Land Rover I'm... parts from here. <laughs> To the, to the shop, yes. And yes. then the Land Rover breaks, I bring, bring that to the shop. But yeah, I move a lot of stuff at the ranch, and it's got, you know, an okay-sized bed. Um, and I just, I like it a lot. I think it's a perfect, perfect truck for most people. Yeah, it's hard because we've been very fortunate to have most of the full-size trucks, sorry, here for long-term review. So we've had a Raptor, we've had a Raptor R, we've had a TRX, we've had a Ram 1500. Uh, Ram Cummins now. Yeah, no, I'm talking about full-size. Full well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a Tundra. ZR2 Silverado. We've had a ZR2 Silverado. Um, we had a long-term loan of a Titan uh, Pro 4X. Yes. 
Um, and we've even bought the uh, classic uh, Stubby. Stubby. Oh, I did like that truck a lot. Yeah, That'd so. be a close second. <laughs> Stubby was a pretty awesome truck. So yeah. I, I kind of feel like I've tasted all the different flavors yeah. of, of both expensive and... Where are you at now? Uh, I'm kind of someplace where I haven't been yet, and that is, <laughs> that is we haven't had a GMC. So once again, I'm going to go with the AEV version of the AT. Is it AT4X? Mm-hmm. Oh, those yeah. AEV ones are really getting you, huh? Yeah, they are. Huh. Yeah, really, really getting. I love off-road stuff, uh, and I'm not saying have bumpers. They've yeah. got steel yeah, bumpers. Yeah, I'm not saying it's 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 you know faster or quicker. The problem, of course, with the GMC and the Chevys is that that the V8 with 420 horsepower is now very small compared to some of the bigger power plants and GM just doesn't seem to be putting a lot of money into the into the powertrain unless you're of course talking about the Hummer EV or something like that but I I, I still think it's kind of everything you need and nothing you don't uh, mm-hmm. for because you don't need a lot of power when you're off-roading right no and it still tows well uh, you could have a diesel now I could you have could, you a, could have a three-liter three liter diesel. diesel yeah yeah I know if Tim, you wanted Tim, to. Tim had one all year round yeah. I, I kind of no. I'm, I'm old school if you're gonna get a diesel just go for the big diesel okay yeah yeah okay what about this let's go back to cars Okay. You good with that? Yeah, let's go. Uh, can, can I just make one comment about yeah, the Lightning? Course, yeah. I, would, I would buy a Lightning Standard Edition in a heartbeat because they're more affordable. Right. They just raised the price again on the Lightning. It's unthinkable. Yeah, but why? why? The, the move is to get a used one, like a slightly used, like 10,000 miles. They're, I think they're depreciating pretty aggressively. Um, that's I, the one we I, get. Okay, before we go to cars, you can pick the next category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before we go that, since we're here, electric truck. Oh. Uh, period? Yeah, just, well, just so any electric truck. Yeah, there's like four options basically, right? There's a Hummer EV, okay, five. Hummer EV, Silverado EV, a Lightning, uh, Cybertruck, and uh, Rivian. Rivian. Yeah, that, that's about it right now when it comes to trucks. So, which of which Let's of those say it together. Who's your favorite? Rivian. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy thinks is, is on board with a Lightning. I, I like the Rivian a lot more because it's just such an impressive vehicle. But um, for the money, I think the base are, lightning. Are you still lightning? I'm still base yeah. lightning. Yeah, I'm still team lightning. And we have never, we've not driven the Cybertruck. So I don't think we can fairly say whether or not we'd, we'd, we'd put that on our list. Yeah, we're trying to buy one. So, um, so I can't, I, can't I, I mean, right now it's a Cybertruck because it's the hottest, coolest. But to Andre's point, every time we drive a Rivian, it's just, it's just so good. And it's well made. Yeah, it's just true. such a good I mean, vehicle. As far as quality of the interior, uh, I would also go. Mm, no Silverado EV? Now, so for me to be a favorite vehicle, it has to have the full package, How about including the, RST? the style. So remember we saw it at the drive. Yes, I, the I, RST. I, I might be. That's over a hundred thousand now. I know it's a lot. It's a lot, but they're so, all a lot. Actually. It has to be the whole package, like Tommy is saying, like Miata for him or Lightning. Look, it's the full package. I, I, it's the I, I it's think, design. I, I think engineering-wise, until we drive the, the, the Cybertruck, the Rivian is certainly the most thoughtfully engineered. Yeah. The most off-road overlanding design, right? You've got the, the little... Even little though it doesn't off-road really well, well we found out. it's better than the Hummer. <laughs> yes. It's better than the Hummer. You've got that you know, pass-through where you could throw your gear yes. into. Yes. You've got like camp mode where it levels itself. I mean, just a lot of thought and a lot of... It, it's obvious to the people who, who engineered it understood what overlanding and off-roading was. I'm not sure you can say that about the Cybertruck. The Cybertruck feels to me like it was designed by people who watch like... Ford commercials when you know when or like a rock commercials when they're bounding across, but they don't actually go off road. I could be wrong, but that's yeah. We'll, that's, we'll that, have to test it. We'll have, that's that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, but the honestly, the Cybertruck's the only one that's going to have lockers. You know, front and rear, front and rear, mechan- what? Hummer EV. Only if only a front, not a rear the, mechanical. And locker. the and the current Rivian, 
quad motor has virtual right. lockers. It's yeah. not lockers. It's just motors synchronizing together. And the Ford has a mechanical rear locker, yeah. but the Lightning's going to have the only, the Cybertruck's going to be the only truck with a mechanical front and rear locker. All right, well, we'll see. Is that, oh, is that, is that the Cyberbeast? No, nope, that's actually the non-Cyberbeast. Non-Cyberbeast. Okay, all right. Yes. All right, uh, with car, you want to go back to cars? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to talk about family hauling three-row SUVs, not the not the full-size SUVs, but like... Not like Tahoe's, you mean like Pilots, Palisade. Highlander, Palisade, Telluride. So three-row, mid-size, mm -hmm. Grand Highlander. Crossover. Yeah, that's a good option. That, that's what I would pick. I think that's... Uh, um, I think you get the most bang for your buck. You get a lot of room in the back. Uh, you get a, a very you also efficient have the hybrid. Hybrid Max. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Which is a powerful hybrid. Which is a powerful hybrid. Yes. And the fuel economy is not horrible. It's not great. I'm going to say it's like, what, remember when we drove it? What was it? We drove it in Hawaii. What the efficiency was or yeah. what the power was? No, the efficiency. I think the efficiency is like 25-ish, 26 So it's not like Prius. But the back, we said, Andre and I sat in the back row and, and, and it actually fit us comfortably. What do you think, Tommy? Um, the new pilot. The new pilot, interesting. Really good. Trail sports? Trail sports, yeah. Ooh. Really, really good. Yeah, I had a chance to go um, drive that up some really aggressive terrain with the engineers when it was all camouflaged. And they took us on like a genuine off-road, low-range, one probably a locking diff obstacle in this unibody crossover. And the thing just kept going. It was a really impressive machine. And I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the space. I like the packaging. Um, engine's going to be durable. It's a basic V6. That's, that's the answer for me. How about you, Andre? Yeah. Well, my great friend Noah just bought a Grand Highlander as well. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And so he's driving the uh, Hybrid Max. Uh -huh. He's loving it. Um, he paid almost $60,000 for his because he had a, a few options. It was, it was yeah, one of the higher trims. But a Palisade or a Telluride isn't going to be much cheaper. Uh, officially, it is cheaper, MSRP. Right. But those are so popular, and they've been so... And they have sometimes market adjustments uh, yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and even, what is it now, two or three years after they came out, they're still hard to get. Hmm. And I was puzzled at first. I, I'm going to say the Grand Highlander. I was puzzled at first because there's also the Highlander, right? right? So I thought, my gosh, Toyota, you're having too many you know, too many options here. Right. But now I'm looking at the Grand Highlander is a little bit larger inside. Styling is great. I like the boxy look. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go Grand Highlander. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a so good we got two Grand Highlander. All right, well, let's go kind of into your neck of the woods. Now we're talking about the big boys, right? Oh, uh, Tahos, yes. Tahoe's, Yukon's, uh, you know. Sequoia's. Uh, Sequoia's, yeah. Out of those, and there's more, of course, in that category. There's uh, the Nissan Armada. Um, and now we're talking about the luxury ones, right? So we're keeping Genesis off the table. We're just talking about the, the mainstream brands. So not like no Range Rovers, no Range Rovers, no, no. GLSs, right, right. We'll get no to Mercedes. Those, we'll get to those in a second. Okay. Well, I think um, for me, Expedition's off the list because it's a little old. Okay. Hmm. Um, good vehicle, but it's looking a little dated. Uh, although the Timberline's supposed to be cool. I haven't spent any time. Well, the Timberline time. has that vertical entertainment screen yeah, from the Lightning. I haven't spent any time in that. But the, I think for me it's got to be the, um, and this is also just being refreshed, but the, uh, the Tahoe Z71 um, is really good. It's a really good, just full size, family hauling, good capability, looks fantastic. It's very expensive. And now you can get it with that new three liter diesel, um, which is just a phenomenal, efficient, torquey engine. So I, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm with Tommy. I love the Tahoe. Tahoe, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to beat the Tahoe. It's, uh, well, it's a class leader for a reason. Yeah. 
The only thing about the Tahoe, so I'm thinking right now, really, really hard. Suburban, if you want to go bigger. Yes, but you know they, they went through independent rear suspension, right, mm -hmm. um, a couple of years ago as they redesigned it. And those A-arms underneath hang down. You've seen this, right? Yeah, yeah. So whenever I'm behind a Tahoe, I'm, I'm looking at that. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, they have like four inches of ground clearance in the rear. Other than that, it's an amazing vehicle. I think, I think they understand that customer. The Suburban has been around for 80 years. Plus they tow well. I mean, if you want it, if it you tows want, great. If you want a good towing rig. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Ford is trying to, of course, you know, eat some sales away from GM right here. The Expedition is there. It's growing in sales. We just did a story about this. Wow. Um, but the, you can't beat the GM guys because they control. I did the calculation last night. 59% of the full-size SUV market, 59%. I'm going to say Tahoe. Okay. And what about go ahead. What about the new, because you, you drove this. No, no, the new inline-six in the Wagoneer. I haven't driven that yet. You I haven't drove driven that. I drove it. Uh, he drove oh, it. Drove I drove the Grand Wagoneer. The design of it is yeah, weird. Yeah, weird I, design. I mean, if, if I'm being mean, I would say there's a little bit of a whiff of, like, rent-a-car van, right? Because the B-pillar... And the C pillar are the same color as the body. Usually, those are black. You mean the exterior styling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the exterior styling from the side, especially, but in terms of like interior fit and finish, uh, it's incredible. Uh, number of uh, you know innovations, off-road worthiness. The the problem I have with that vehicle is it doesn't feel like it belongs in any segment. That like, is it a Jeep? Is it not a Jeep? Is it, is it its own thing? Does it compete with the Grand Cherokee L? You know, why would you just get the Grand Cherokee L instead of paying more for the Wagoneer? Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, uh, and, and the, I, I'm, I'm going to say the the the, 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 the jury's still out when it comes to that hurricane. You know. Well, I want more time with the hurricane. Yeah. I, I mean, Roman drove it. I haven't really driven it yet. The hurricane is coming to the Ram. We still need to drive that. We still need to figure that out. Um, you know, I'm going to switch mine to Yukon. There, there you have it. All right. But, I mean, look, so the thing with the hurricane, though, is it's, as I understand it, it's just a large-scale architecture of the two-liter that we've driven in everything. Yeah. I mean, it's related. So it's upsized. So I, I don't... It's twin-turbocharged. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is nice, which is nice. So I'm not sure how many, you know... What I, what I don't yeah. understand is... Um, so developing an engine is, is a billion-dollar activity. Oh yeah, you know it's uh, it is such an expensive undertaking to do a ground up clean sheet engine, especially emissions, power, right. everything. So what I don't understand is we have four or five manufacturers that build separate engines that are all almost the same, and I'm talking about the three liter inline six turbo. BMW has one, Mercedes has one, yes. Jaguar Land Rover has one, um, Mazda has one now. Uh, no. Stellantis has Stellantis. I mean, at, at what point does it make more sense to have, like, these companies come together and say, all right, we're, we're, we're all doing the same thing. Why are we spending $8 billion combined to do the same thing? Why don't we focus our attention on one engine? Because Ford and GM had that 10-speed transmission yeah. partnership. Yeah, they have. Just do something like that. And, and because it's not like they drive all that different. The BMW and the Mercedes, they all drive pretty much the but same. But they say the same thing about the 2-liter turbo, right? Yeah, same thing. There's like everybody all everybody the has a 2-liter turbo. And this is, why, this is why Tesla's crushing it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, and I think sales, right? like, in like the sports car world, manufacturers have figured this out. So like Aston Martin, right, no longer has their own engines. Um, they will... So you're, you're, you're saying they should share like BMW does with the Supra. 
Well, I mean, yeah, to an extent, but I mean, like, in an interesting, exciting engine, like uh, that three-liter inline-six diesel, so different, but, right? But competition makes things better. Yeah, but they're not, com they're competing, against, they're, they're exactly the same. I mean, if I blindfolded you and, and told you to drive an X5 and then a GLE, both the three-liter, you wouldn't be able to tell which one is which. They're just all the same. So anyway, that, that's my, my Tommy so rant about this. This is why uh, people are predicting that capitalism will die in the next 20, 30 years, or even sooner, because, because you know, the thinking of the younger generation is different than the thinking of our right. I'm, well, think, I'm thinking, you know, competition is good. He's thinking it's just a waste of resources. But I think competition is changing. It's I think, changing. I, think that's I like what, that. I think that's what Tommy is after because I'm a little bit worried about this. So 10 years from now, every pickup truck will have an electric motor, right? Let's say. Sure. Oh, you're going to get so many comments on that. <laughs> half ton. You're take, every every you're half ton. You're going to take my Andre, lay down the gauntlet. V8 no, no. Out of my cold but, dead hands, Andre. But follow me on this for, right. for just a second. If every pickup truck has an electric engine in 10 years, half ton, then you could argue they all have the same performance. Sure. Okay, right. so how do you differentiate a Ford from a Chevy, from a Ram, from a Toyota? Yeah, right. Depends That's who, what you're depends saying. Depends who composes your your music. Whoever composes your <laughs> symphony of the exhaust. But, look, I mean, um, what we're talking about is like the commoditization of engineering. Yes, to some kind of, that's where all we're all going. Guys, I'm going to bring this back to our favorite car. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting tangent, though, because so Andre, right? I think Andre's right. I don't think every truck's going to be electric. But I think every truck is going to have a hybrid component of some kind, be it a mild hybrid or a serial hybrid or a full electric. I think you're pretty spot. I mean, look, even Ram, right, has the e-torque system, which has been around right. for a bunch of years. Right. That's right. technically right. an electric motor. Bring it back. No, no, no. But let's, this is what podcasts are for, Dad. Well, we we're have having so many more discussion. segments, and we're running out of time. That's okay. Oh, the, the audience is tuned in. But it's, it's, well, it's, here's the problem, okay, with this conversation. It's veering into politics. Right? No, we're talking about uniqueness. Yeah, uniqueness. So, like, so going forward, what is going so to... So Andre made the statement that every full-size truck is going to be electric. That's like, that's like... I can't vote for an electric motor for 2024. How is that a political decision? Because, because this, is the, this is what has become of our country in some ways, which is sad. Instead of people looking at the values and the virtues of each of the powertrains, you know, saying, hey, I want a V8 because I love, you know, the fact that it's classic and it has a lot of power and a lot of torque and gas is cheap right well no but what people are saying now is i want a v8 because that's my political belief and then i hate the other side you so, know, the other team so because Dad, they're a bunch of tree huggers take that argument back so that's, we're having that discussion right now we're not bringing well, that's, that's politics what I'm trying to do with this conversation I, I wish people would look at the virtues and the and the what's the opposite of virtues the deficits facts no, right. The, 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 I don't know. Virtue and what did you say? Virtue and facts. I don't know. No. You look at the deficits and virtues, or you know, of each of the different powertrains, and then apply them to how they work in their life, and then not you know point at the other team and say you guys are a bunch of yada yada yadas because you like this, even though it works better for your life. So let me give you. Let me put some stats to it, right? Because right. this is interesting. So the, the reason that every small crossover has a two-liter turbocharged engine, and every small car has a two-liter turbocharged engine, is if you look at the physics, not the politics, but the physics of it, that displacement on paper is the perfect balance of how much bore and stroke you need to develop power and efficiency. That's where and the lines and of efficiency and emissions meet. Is that yeah. two that's liters a, of displacement? That's a moving target, Tommy. It's not, it's not set in stone, It's right? a pretty much set in stone with... If you want to run your engine at whatever the, well, the air fuel ratio of this and this and this, two liter of displacement is 
the Today, today, and then all of a sudden now you've got like the GR Corolla, which has a three-cylinder yeah, that different. produces 300 horsepower. Hold on, but that's an enthusiast product, and enthusiast products have okay, different... Right, let me give you another analogy, okay? You could say there's a perfect aerodynamic shape, and that shape has the best drag coefficient, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and yet that changes because styles change, right? So I think you can't, you can't just use this but engineering every argument. small crossover now looks almost the same. Yeah, they all look the same. So now. I agree. Can we go back to our, our topic now? No, because we're having an interesting discussion, Dad. Okay. I, I, I just like to give people what to I just think, for. Uh, well, Andre and I will finish it up. You can complain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, um, I think it's an interesting discussion, you know, like especially now that cars are becoming, and with the age of electrification, how are manufacturers going to differentiate? They can differentiate That's on style. Podcast on itself. They can differentiate on pricing. But uh, the feeling of the leathers. That's synthetic right. Synthetic leathers. Yeah, interiors, right? Yeah. Going to be very crucial. It's a different topic, but yeah, you know the reason why I said I want a Coyote V8 Mustang GT is because it has heritage, right? That engine's been around for years or decades, uh, and also the Hemi engine's been around for a long time, right? right? So if my father used to own a Hemi, I may lean there. If my father used to own a five liter, so it was easier to differentiate before, but now I think Tommy and I are saying it's the engineering has just converged right and we're approaching this point so how do you differentiate in the future that's yeah. what can you imagine like 30 years from now i want i want i want i want the 80, lucid no no i want an 80 kilowatt kilo, kilowatt hour battery and one single motor because my dad had that yeah, <laughs> right. my daddy used to have one motor okay i don't want four motors <laughs> anyway let's go and talk about the luxury version of these big uh, crossover slash SUVs, right? Okay. Now we're talking about Navigator. Now we're talking about uh, Escalade. Now we're talking about Range Rovers, um, and you know the big luxurious versions of these. Bentegas? Are we talking about Bentegas? Andre just drove the new Bentega around for a bunch of days, <laughs> and I think he enjoyed that experience. So you picking the Bentega? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what would you pick in the? You know, we're talking big three rows, so so maybe a Range Rover doesn't apply to that because it's a two. Um, I like the Navigator actually. I think, okay. I think it's very, yeah. uh, very, very, it's, it's like a really good definition of classic American luxury. I have one. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will pick the LX600. I wore the, What? what you sorry, gonna... you can finish your argument. So, Apologize. It's, it's, it's a new Lexus. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's a new Lexus. Yeah, I know it has an executive package. We recently had that where the rear seats are very reclining and very comfortable. Dare we but... say airline-like? Yes. First class or private. Uh, but you can also have it with three rows, kind of a standard mm -hmm. configuration. And uh, it's just, it's one of those more unique vehicles. You're not going to see it everywhere in every corner. I think they only sold like 6,000 of them last year. So, uh, LX. I didn't like the LX when we had it, Ooh, which is why. I take from time. Yeah, I didn't like it. So we had the S-Sport fairly recently, uh -huh. LX 600. And it was trying to be too many things, and I felt like it accomplished none of them. Mm. So... Too luxurious, too off-road. So here's the thing. So the LX is based on the 300 Series Land Cruiser, which is a legendary off-road vehicle. But the front end is too low. The grille is too big. There's too much plastic for it to be an off-roader. So you're thinking, well, get the S-Sport. Make it be a performance crossover. Sure. 22-inch wheels. And it I, weighs I wouldn't do that. 7,000 yeah. pounds. So it's not a good good performance vehicle. And you say, well, it's the ultimate in luxury. But then it's got these huge wheels, and, and the, the makes the ride worse. And, and then it's got these aggressive seats. So, like, it... Maybe the standard LX600 is better, but the F-Sport was really not it for me. Yeah, and I don't love that. So what's, what's yours? I don't love that new twin-turbo 3.5. So I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm getting there. 
Um, I, I really like that three twin turbo. I mean, I I like the performance, but it doesn't have a lot of character. You like the old V8 better. Yeah, I like the old V8. Um, I, probably the Escalade. I think the Escalade is the best. V? The V. <laughs> now you're thinking, Andre. Supercharged. <laughs> There's Tommy. That is a fantastic vehicle. And it sounds amazing. Talk about vehicle that's not a commodity. You know, that thing is just so berserk and bizarre in so many ways. All right, should we go back to trucks? Sure. We've what's, worked our way up yours? to HD. What's hers? Navigator. Oh, you said navigate. Yeah. Okay. HD. Yeah. There's only three choices here. Well, big three. Or four. I mean, GMC and Chevy. Okay, fair enough. Uh, four. Boy. Um, are you a Cummins guy? Are you a, a Power, Power Stroke, Stroke guy? guy? Or a, or a Duramax, Duramax guy? Gal. And right now, I'm Power Stroke man. Ooh, okay. Ford. So, recently... 250 or 350? Um, so, for my needs or for my most of my tasks uh it'll be a 250. fair enough so i don't want the dually for my personal use i don't, I don't tow you know thirty thousand pounds regularly um so it would have to be a 250 with a new high output engine um it's it's just this this new engine is amazing i mean it's also not only does it have 500 horsepower and 1200 pounds at least today at least today <laughs> we just did a bunch of stories where the 7.3 uh was uh um was Less powerful than stated in some of the marketing materials. Yeah. Go to alttfl.com if you want to read about that. Ford is giving owners hundred bucks back. Hundred dollars because apparently they were giving them less. They were giving them fifteen horsepower I, less, so they're getting yeah. hundred bucks back. How much is that per horsepower? Can you, can you do the math? I don't know. It's eight dollars per horsepower. Okay. There you go. But but I think the power stroke and you know. We've driven Cummins, we've driven Duramaxes, but I think if I was to pick a truck, it'd probably be an F-250 Tremor, you know, just an off-road ready truck with a new power stroke, great powertrain. What's your choice? <sighs> hate diesel, to say it. Dieselgate? <laughs> you going to say the AEV thing again? <laughs> no, I'm oh. not going to say the AEV. I mean, the, the reason I hate to say it is because we own it, right? We, we, we have an AEV now upgraded. Mm. Uh, we bought it two years ago. Is it two years ago? Yeah, almost two years bought ago. Bought yes. a Ram uh, 2500 Cummins uh, Lariat. Uh, I really love that truck. No, not Lariat. It was a Bighorn. Oh, Bighorn. Sorry, yeah. Bighorn. It's a Ford thing. Ford. No, sorry, Bighorn. Uh, it was a Bighorn. Uh, it's one of those trucks that's got everything you need, nothing you don't. So you know, cloth seats. Uh, yeah, but, it's great. But yet, you know, enough technology to make it fun and usable. It's great for road trip. We've actually put on like 24,000 miles. It tows like a dream. Um, and now that we've upgraded it with, to our friends Fox, uh, with Fox suspension, it actually has a really good on-road and off-road ride. It's not great. I gotta be, you know, I gotta be honest here, as I always am. I hate saying that because it seems like I'm not sometimes, but I always am. Um, any of the heavy-duty trucks are just not a joy to take off-road. They're, they're hard to see out of. Um, they're, and they tend they're, to be bouncy. They're nose-heavy. They're pretty bouncy. Power wagon's pretty good, except for the power wagon. Yeah, power wagon's pretty good. Yeah, well, now we know. We just came back from Moab. Now we know why uh, Ram never put uh, uh, diesel into the power wagon. It just makes it so nose heavy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because sometimes you've got to jump over this obstacle, and yeah. if you have so much weight in the front of it, it's how, just insane. How about insane. you, Tommy? Um, I don't have a lot of experience in HD trucks, so yeah. I'm okay. going to leave the referral to you guys. Okay. All right, so moving on to the car category, um, let's talk about the best off-road vehicle. Ooh, that's a great one. In the car category. Yeah, Ooh. SUVs, SUV, obviously. SUV, SUV yeah, yeah. category. Uh-huh. 392 Jeep. Okay. Wrangler. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. No, so I shouldn't say your best, your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lemon squeezy. It's just, um, you know, V8 in a Wrangler. What more could you want? Uh, 
It's just uh, so much fun. It's so loud. It's so brash. It's so out there. Um, I love vehicles that you know shouldn't exist. That one certainly shouldn't exist. There's no need for it except for the fact that you want it. Yeah. How about you, Andre? Forerunner. Really? Nice. <laughs> really? That's a good choice. Um, have you driven? You no, know, I now? love the 392. Yeah. Yeah. 392 is just so insane in every way possible, mm -hmm. oh, especially on 35s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it is also $95,000, and, and it's almost untouchable uh, for a lot of people. Um, the Forerunner, so I recently went to the Tacoma event, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the shuttles, be, shuttling people between two locations were Forerunners. Yep. And I got into one. I'm like, like this vehicle is 15 years old or something crazy, yeah. right? I mean, the design is going to... old shoes. Yeah. It, it was, it was, I was like, what would they change about this? Uh, almost nothing. Yeah, it's really I mean, good. maybe efficiency. I, would, I could change maybe efficiency of one, you know, to get a little bit more efficiency out of it. <coughs> but I would change, you know, the seats were comfortable. It was really nice to drive. Um, TRD Pro forerunners are amazing. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I, well, I wouldn't change a lot of things about it. Yeah, especially they, they have the, um, the 2023 uh, 40th anniversary with the retro stripes. It's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I'm going to choose the Bronco as my favorite off-roader right now, but not just the the, the Raptor, because I think the Raptor's too expensive and looks like it's got <laughs> child pools as fender flares. Um, so I would go for... You know what I saw the other day? Driving down from Loveland, I saw a Bronco Raptor, okay, with like 33s. Somebody had taken the big... And put on smaller tires? Yeah, I think maybe for snow tires or some reason, but it looked so out of proportion. Like those those four-foot-long, like you said, swimming pool-sized fender flares were now just so ridiculously. I, I, was, I just was mesmerized. Like, why would you do that? Why would you go, like, smaller? I'm serious. What, are, what does it come with? 35s, I think? Seven. 37s. Yeah. These, somebody had looked, put 33s on it. It, so, looked, it looked tiny and silly. So my choice is um, the um, Bronco Everglades. Ah, Ooh, which is really cool. That's a good one. And it's a, not a super common spec, but it's a stripped down, like four cylinder engine model with vinyl floors. But then it's got the, um, uh, the Sasquatch package, so it's got the, the lockers. And it also has a snorkel. It's got the winch. It's got these really cool steel style wheels. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the best trim. I think it's just fantastic. And you never see them because there's, it's like 55, I want to say. So you can get a lot. You can get like a V6 Bronco with right. nicer features for that money. But um, for me, yeah, the Everglades is the, the, the ultimate spec. I think it's really right, cool. right, I'm going to play a little game here. Mm -hmm. The next category is EVs, okay. all electric cars. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess what your two cars are. Oh. I'm going to guess yours. And I'm going to guess yours. Okay. okay. All right. For you, I'm going to guess uh, Taycan Cross Turismo. It is not. And for you, I'm going <laughs> to guess BMW i3. It's not new. It maybe is, but it's not <laughs> new. <laughs> All right, well, bad guessing. All right, let's start with you, Tommy. What, what is your favorite EV? Um, so I, I was really surprised by this. I really enjoyed my time in the um, Mercedes EQE. Sedan or SUV? The SUV, okay. believe it or not. I, it's not on paper that great. because it's, it's Or visually. Or visually, <laughs> it's not really not that great. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it looks like um, like an aspirin, but and you need to take one if you stare at it for too long. Oh! But the, the the quality and the driving experience in this car are unmatched. So it, don't get the AMG. That's silly. Just get the standard 350 or 500, and it's like you just shut out the outside world completely and just cruise. It's got decent range. It's got one of the best driving experiences of any car I've ever driven, period. It's that comfortable. I actually like the size more than the EQS SUV. Um, 
And, and, you know, there's some pretty decent used deals and discounts out there on EQEs right now. So that's that's my car right now. Charge is pretty good. Um, it's got really good information about, like, range estimation and where your power is going and, like, your peak charge rate in the screen. Don't get the hyper screen. I don't like the hyper screen. Get the standard yeah, screen. Yeah, for sure. Don't get the hyper screen. Beautiful interior, by the way, with this open pore wood. And it's a wonderful car. I really love it. How about you, Andre? Rolls-Royce Spectre. No. There you go, no. Andre. You haven't driven it. No, I've never I been near one. I think Rolls-Royce doesn't like us for something. No, Rolls-Royce no, does not like us no. very much. I don't know what we did to offend him. No. Sorry, uh, Rolls. Let us know what we did. I'm going to say Rivian. I have to say Rivian. Okay, fair. And in both the SUV, the R1S, yes. and the R1T are quite similar in their character. Yep. I mean, of course, they're based on the same vehicle. They are the same vehicle for the most part. Um, and I love driving the R1S as well. Um, I was on the East Coast uh, at the event. We had one here as well. Wonderful, I'm wonderful on, SUV. I'm on Tommy's page, but a little bigger. I love the EQS. The sedan? The sedan. Uh, don't get the AMG version. It, it, you don't need it. No. Uh, love that rear wheel steering. It turns on a dime. The interior is immaculate. Uh, you just feel very special driving it. And I also feel like um, because, you know, electric cars tend to depreciate much faster, a $130,000 car two years down the road can be had for like now it's like eighty dollars or $70,000. And I'm a sucker for bargains. And while, um, you know, the styling is a little polarizing, uh, the interior and how it drives and how it feels and just the quality of the build is immaculate. So how we'll do one, one or two more categories. Yeah. This yeah. is one I'm, I'm passionate about. Affordable cars or SUVs. So like let's set a budget like twenty eight grand or $30,000. What is the best affordable car or SUV on the market? I have one. Go for it. Uh, out of out of the ballpark. Yes. Mm -hmm. Home Run. Chevrolet did a wonderful job with the new tracks. Um, I was at I the event. You, you think? I think you took Tommy's. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, fantastic car. It's front wheel drive only, so it's not a four wheel uh, all wheel drive situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but oh my gosh, can you look it up? What is the starting price of a new Trax? Twenty one four nine five. Roman, yeah. how can you beat that? I mean, it's a brand new I've vehicle. I've never driven it, so I have no, <laughs> no nothing intelligent to say about it. <laughs> no, no. I saw it the no, other no. show. Okay, so here's the thing. It's not the quickest thing in the shed. Sure. No. It's a three-cylinder, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you want a performance experience, it's not going to be a performance experience. But for the price of about, what, $22,000 or, or so? Yep. Uh, or maybe even $25,000 for a well-optioned one? Yep. Uh, I think the new tracks, we, Casey and I drove it at the event. We drove it here. Uh, I would recommend it to any new family or any new driver looking for an affordable nice first vehicle yeah i mean it's amazing they can sell that car for that right you know standard in this current day currently standard yeah. wireless up a car play two screens digital instrument cluster um you can, available 11 inch screen is really affordable the design is great you know you got led lighting um in the vehicle you got great space really good backseat space i mean it's such a good car for low to mid 20s it's just like a complete no-brainer i mean front wheel drive only yep but standard turbo, not a fast car, but you do have a little bit of zip out of that three-cylinder. I'm going to awesome. guess yours, Roman. Go for it. The most, the best affordable yeah. new car. Candy. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, the candy. That's it. <laughs> not the candy. Is that, no? No, uh, I'm going to start with one that we've already talked about, but uh, I think it's incredible, the Maverick. Mm. I th yeah. I think yeah, that is a, a hell of a bargain, even, even as Ford keeps raising the prices. Uh, but that's a truck. Uh, so car-wise... I'd actually like to pick a Subaru, but, you know, once again, they don't give us any. So the last one that we had was a previous generation Crosstrek, which is sitting out there in the parking lot. 
Uh, which is still on a wonderful card. Which is a yeah, wonderful card. Awesome. But, I, but I, I've not gotten my hands on a new one, so I can't I can't pick it. Um, I haven't driven the Toyota Corolla Cross, which also is kind of in that Yeah, it's a good car. In that category. Yep. Um, so let me think a little bit longer, Tommy. How about you? I'll think about it. Well it's gotta be the I mean Trax is number one for me. Um, it just the value for money is just amazing. Other car on my list, which I really like this year I drove, was the um, base model Corolla hybrid. You can now spec with all-wheel drive. You can get the rear electric motor, mm -hmm. and that's great value for the money. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive than the Trax, but you have all-wheel drive, good space, and of course, the Toyota reliability. And efficiency, yeah, too. standard safety tech. Oh, I, I got one. I was, how could I forget this? The Bolt. This oh, it's after, dead, though. I know. It's well, not very useful for... Yeah, but, af but after rebates, ours was like 18000 Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, but it's an amazing car. Amazing car, yeah. And it's they gone. just discontinued <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, that was so like yeah. last week it was discontinued. Yep, so that's gone. Right, you got some more categories before we close this up? Um, I got one more. Okay, what, what do you got? And before we, we have to answer some questions, too. Um, if price were no object, boys, what's your favorite car? Oh, boy. Price for no object. I'll start. You guys think about it. Okay. And okay. You, you could probably guess mine. What's yours? Come on. You can. I, I got to drive it from California to. Oh, you still like the G wagon squared? Yeah, I still have the G wagon squared. Mm. Uh, mm. It's just that that's got uh, everything that you know I love about a vehicle. It's crazy. Makes no sense. Huge horsepower. Sounds incredible. Uh, certainly makes a visual statement. The only downside to that is it's a little uh, douchey, right? It, it's like the car that people who never go off road drive. Uh, and so my favorite thing is to take that car off road and see people's like jaws drop when you're out there in a, you know, almost $300,000 car, you know, putting it in, in the way of danger. Of course, I've done that with Mercedes. Shh, don't tell them. So it isn't mine. I don't know if, if I spent that much money on it, if I would actually do it, but I probably would. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about you, Andre? Price is no object. Could be a truck. Right, right, yeah, right. Could be, you know, could be like one of those crazy expensive, you know. So most new pickup trucks yeah. that are loaded up, they're approaching 100K or over 100K. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, for me, I, I think if you ask me like right now, which one, I think I would get a King Ranch F250 Power Stroke Diesel mm. Tremor. Nice. Uh, that one I priced out at about 103,000. Good choice. That's a lot of so, money. I mean, got it's, a lot of it's, towing, got a lot of off-roading. Uh, it's also comfy. It's got, yeah. you know, massaging seats. Uh, although the massaging seat is like, you know, it's like a large cat walking on your back. <laughs> as a, right? <laughs> but as opposed to a big cat, <laughs> a tiger. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kitty cat. Um, but I think it does a lot of things. Plus it tows gigantic trailers. I think the F-250 Tremor Power Stroke uh, King Ranch. King Ranch. Good, good choice. Um, if money no object, I think the car I'm most excited about right now is that Ineos Grenadier. I think that's a really cool. Mm. So it's this British four-wheel drive, which just started selling in, in this U.S. last month. It's, it's like $80,000, but it's a throwback to the Defender. So solid axles, locking diffs, steel mm. wheels, snorkel, winch. I mean, all these really cool features. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the coolest thing. We just did a story on one, and um, I, I can't wait to spend some more time in one because I think it's 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 like the true to one of the last solid axle vehicles with yeah, and we've, true we've lockers. ordered one, and hopefully it'll show up at some point. Yeah, vinyl floors too. I mean, it's not good value. There's no way eighty thousand dollars for vinyl floors is not good value, but it's it is amazing um, that you can still build a car like this. Yeah, full disclosure, we actually have three vehicles that we're hoping to get this year for long-term reviews: Cybertruck, Ineos Grenadier. And of course, it's a coma. Uh, and we buy these. Uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about which vehicles we should buy, and we buy them because they're the most interesting, and they're brand new. So we don't know, 
you know, what kind of reliability it'll have. Mm -hmm. um, and we also buy them because we think that they're the most interesting for you guys, so they'll get kind of the most clicks uh, and, you know, help pay for them. Although the car we really should be buying is the GX. Yeah, There's a I lot know, of excitement Cruiser. around the GX. Yeah, but yeah. We, I, I don't want to, once again, we don't want to be fanboys or girls of any brand. And so I, I, I start to feel like we're a Toyota uh, fanboy site. When oh, if we bought a Tacoma and a GX, GX at the same time. Yeah, or, or a Land Cruiser. And that's but the we issue. could buy a GX later, like later later this year. Yeah, I think I think it would be worth it because there's just so much excitement around the GX. I, I have no doubt. I, I, it's because it's a completely new. It's a, it's a nice one. I mean, it's actually, it's we haven't driven it. It's good looking now. We haven't driven it yet. It's relatively affordable and it's got the offer of goodness. All right, you got some questions that we can answer really Well, quick? I have a couple of comments. Yeah, okay. So uh, one of the comments is from Saeed on patreon.com slash TFLcar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, by the way, for supporting us. Yeah, thank you for supporting us. Um, Saeed actually had a comment about he just switched from an older Tacoma 2017 TRD Pro into a Rivian R1T and he said he's not looking back. He loves it. Uh, he says he's saving money because um, his Tacoma was not very fuel efficient. This is a previous generation V6. Um, he likes the extra space. He's saving money because he's not putting fuel into it anymore and he's charging at home for the most part and it fits his lifestyle. Um, so that's a comment from Saeed. Well, congratulations, Saeed. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I um, o only only flying that ointment is gas is now so cheap. Well, yeah, you're gonna have to save a lot of money for it to, yeah. to bridge the gap there. But that's a really it's a great vehicle. Speak, speaking of which, I used to go to um, uh, I still go to Sam's Club, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and when gas was like five dollars a gallon, six dollars a gallon, people put up those little stickers of Biden pointing to the numbers. Oh yeah, say, yeah, I did that. I did that. I want to put them up there now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not being political. I just think it'd be a Ooh, fun little prank to play hot, hot on, on, on anybody who's, you know, who thinks that, that like presidents have that much control over the price of oil when it's a much more complicated thing. Yes. Uh, did you have any other points? Because I, I have another comment yeah, here from on, right? Kyle. Um, so we recently did, um, we have a Wrangler um, AEV edition 2016, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a JK. And we recently took it, I took it over this additional uh, obstacle in Andre's pit, which was this mound that David built. Yeah. And we asked people to help us name it. So Kyle says, um, uh, it, this will go along with your lava lane, a Krakatoa cliff. Oh, I like that. I like so that too. He wants to call it Krakatoa. Krakatoa yeah. cliff. Uh, I have another email that somebody wanted to, uh, to call it the spoiler because um, it was a British term for a pile of, you know what? A spoil pile. Maybe too inside Britain. Spoiler. Yeah, it might be too. Uh, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like fanny pack. You <laughs> could say that in America. Don't say that in Britain for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do a quick rant while you guys are looking for comments? Sure. Sure. I, I, I really wish manufacturers would not call their cars uh, with names or, or name their cars with names that people can't spell. I'll give you a classic example of that. Uh, it's the Nissan Aria. I've heard people mispronounce that so many different ways. Aria, Aria, you know, Ariel almost. I, I, I mean, even to this day, I don't know how you spell Aria. I don't understand. Maybe in Japanese it sounds better, and maybe that's, you know, something the Japanese don't take into consideration, but it just doesn't work. And Porsche is kind of the worst at that. To this day, I'm also struggling with, like, Taycan, Taycan, Macan, Macan, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, just name it something like Mustang. 
People generally seem, based on our previous podcast comments, to want affordable, reliable, basic trucks. That's what everyone's asking for. Okay, I, 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 see, this is one of those things oh. that I disagree with, because you know, we just so, Jalopnik wrote a story today that that Ram is still sell, will sell you a brand new sixteen-year-old truck, which is what the, the, the classic, classic, yeah. the classic, yeah. yes, yeah. So, so in all the comments, people are like, you know, I, I, I want something that's not an obtainium, and yet. The manufacturers keep selling more and more expensive trucks. So the question I have to ask myself is, who's buying those? Yeah. So the greatest growth in the heavy-duty segment last year was GMC Sierra, which is not an expensive vehicle. I mean, most of them are 84, 84Xs or Denali's, right? So if the biggest growth in the General Motors, which is the biggest you know, pickup truck maker, right, because combined they outsell Ford, um, Who's buying GMC Sierra? I mean, I mean is, is, is there like planet pickup somewhere in the universe <laughs> where very rich aliens come and buy all these very expensive trucks and bring them back home? Because what you say and what you do don't correlate, right? Because but the manufacturers will we, build what you buy. But we all love affordable stuff. We mentioned the Maverick yeah. ad nauseum. And it's uh, selling like crazy. And also, you guys went to Japan and you saw a little tiny Toyota pickup yeah. concept. Right. It's electric, well, though. Why don't I know? It's going to be expensive. You think it but, that's, yeah. but see, that's but, a correlation that does work, which is electric cars, right? Uh, uh, most people say that car, electric vehicles are too expensive, and you know, the market is bearing that out because you go into a lot, and you know, the, the cars that are sitting on the lot are the Mach-E's. The expensive not, ones. Right, and not, yeah. the, and not the Mustangs. Sure. Right. So there, I think there is a correlation. Having said that, there's a story out there that you know there's this kind of uh, both the manufacturers and customers are pulling back on electrified vehicles, and yet last year, you know, we sold over a million electrified vehicles, which is you know more than the previous year. So once again, what people are saying and feeling, and what the news is reporting, is counter to what the news, what the facts are on the ground. Well. I think we probably bored these folks. Yes. Do you want to go back to your discussion while I leave? No, I think we're good, Dad. Yeah. I think we've. You and Andre can keep well, because about I don't have a two great liter turbos and three liter. No, no, I don't have. No, but if, yeah, let's continue for the next hour, Tommy. <laughs> we'll just keep going, Andre. <laughs> because I am concerned about this. Because if every three liter or two liter engine is the same, or they feel the same on power and, and sound, right? Mm -hmm. Then how do you differentiate? I mean, it has to be a user experience, right? has to be the things you touch inside of the vehicle. What if all of them drive themselves? Well, that's what are you uh, going to do then? Well, what, are you just sitting down on the couch? These people, are their brains are going to explode, Andre. Well, just, you're bringing up a all lot right, of good all points. Right, all right, I'm going to go turn the camera off. You, you guys keep going, and thank you for watching. As always, this is Roman. And Tommy. And Andre. So, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, yeah so what about, what about that? Carpet, maybe? Uh, Ciao. Carpets? Hurts the brain, Andre. Different, different carpets. <laughs> Bye, I'm turning it off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.